the greatest week of the year is finally here. It is state championship week right here in the state of Texas, and we're here to talk about it right here on the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Kenny Heath. And Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, excited about this week coming up. we got a lot of great games up there at AT&T. I'll be there Thursday. I uh, won't be able to be there the rest of the days, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, I'm excited as well. I'm going to go Wednesday through Friday. won't go Saturday because we'll have a, kind of an early family Christmas that day on my dad's side. But I will be going Wednesday through Thursday, which those are the, those are the days I prefer anyway, kind of over all the small school areas. So, uh, yeah, best week of the year is here. Uh, but, but before we dive into the state championship uh, preview. Let's look back uh, to the state semifinals. We covered five games last week, and let's start in two A Division Two. Mart defeated Chilton thirty-eight twenty-four, and I think I think this is going to be their what six of the last seven years they've made it to the state championship game. Yeah, second game in a row this year they came back, you know, from a deficit, and uh, you know they're banged up, man. I mean that mm-hmm. Chilton team is a uh, heck of hard a hitters. Team. Yeah, that freshman running back is going to be tremendous yeah, they're gonna forward. be back yeah. yeah and you know mark you know i think medlock and jd bell both got banged up so it's gonna be interesting to see if they get healed up in time for this albany game yeah but they do uh, get the win 14 point win over a damn good chilton team to advance to the state championship or they will have a rematch against the team that knocked them last year in the albany lions we'll dive into that one later on in the show and how about another one toller in dominant fashion 35 7 winners over stratford previously unbeaten stratford and Kenny, it was never really close. No, you know, I got to watch most of that game. And yeah, me just, too. And uh, just hats off to Coach Mullins and his team, dude. They shut down a really good Stratford Elks team. Uh, kind of held uh, Bryce Braden in check and Julio Valdez and uh, Josh Lincoln and those guys. And uh, can't say enough on uh, what kind of job that uh, Coach Mullins is doing over there. Yeah, especially on the defensive side of the ball for that squad. Four interceptions against Bryce Braden. Um you know, Bryce Braden is one of those guys to where he was pretty much the entire team. And that's going to be a similar – they're going to face a similar situation to that this week when they take on Timpson in the 2A Division One state championship. It'll kind of be the same situation, but with, you know – What's his name? Uh, Terry. Uh, Terry. Terry. Bussey. Terry Bussey. Five star. Yeah. Commit. Yeah. He is same thing for Timpson. He's pretty much been the whole team, especially with guys like his cousin JJ Garner not going to be playing next week, and they had another top player who's uh, off the team for off the field issues. Uh, one of their top players. So it's going to be kind of back to back weeks for Timpson where they face the same situation of playing a really good team, but a team that. Is, on both sides of the ball kind of relies on one guy and they took care of business facing that adversity last week but Bryce Brayden still got his he still got 140 rushing yards but they only found the end zone one time I mean that Toller defense was just stifling all night long yep and like I said uh kudos to coach Mullins and those Toller Rattlers and Snake Farms headed to AT&T and that's gonna be awesome it's their first appearance and then Oddly enough, with they've had Terry Bussey for four years now, but this is going to be Timpson's first appearance as well. But we'll talk about that one later on in the show. And Franklin, 52-14 winners over Edna. Kind of the result you expected. Um, Franklin's just been dominating Region 4 for the past four years, and it was no different this time. Yeah, it just kind of you know chalk kind of what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, 52-14 winners over Edna. And Edna team that was kind of you know thought highly of early in the season, but I think they thought – 
you know, they I don't know if they ran into some injuries or they just ran into a buzzsaw well, on Franklin. You know, uh, I don't know if you heard the story, but like one of their cheerleaders got murdered earlier in the week. Before, really? Like, I think on Tuesday. So prayers out to that whole community. Oh, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, she got a uh, founder at home. And I think they arrested someone. So goodness, that's gracious. rough. You know, I think she was she didn't go to their uh, their pep rally slash parade. And uh, her mother mm-hmm. went home and found her. So prayers goodness. to the, the Edna community and, and all those. Affected. Yeah, prayers are special. Yeah, for sure. That's a tough situation. Goodness gracious. I did not know about that. But uh, let's move on to th- the other three division one semifinal. I was at this one. And maybe one of the best football games I've ever seen. Malakoff 38, Brock 31. <laughs> what a slugfest this one was, Kenny. How much of this did you catch? I got to watch most of it. Uh, yeah, I just kind of, you know, in and out, you know, keep an eye on it. Then the second half, I just was glued to the TV. Couldn't get, yeah. couldn't get away. And, you know, honestly, I thought Brock outplayed Malakoff for the majority of the yeah, game. I agree. And they just got those breaks. And, uh, you know, and I don't know that I mentioned him, but in my notes for last week, I had Doc Renberg and Daniel Norell mm-hmm. as difference makers on defense because they get so many tackles for losses. And, and you know, Doc Renberg made a an impact on the game, but on the offensive side on that juggling uh, yep. catch for a touchdown. Yep. And then Daniel Norell gets that pickoff uh, late in the game and takes it down to the 15-yard line. That was awesome to yeah. see. Yeah, Doc Renberg's kind of that, you know, tight end slash defensive end sort of hybrid guy. He's really big. I think he was like 6'2", 6'3". 230, 240, but he had some speed. I, I saw that play develop almost immediately. So they ran on that particular play where he hit up the seam. They faked the wide receiver screen, and then Renberg faked like he was going to go out and block, and then he cut up yeah. one move, and he got the separation. And then he juggled that ball like three or four times, but he was able to haul it in off his fingertips and walk it in. And on the defensive side of the ball, at that defensive end spot, he was a wrecking ball. Oh, he, he, is, he, got, he, he got in the backfield several times there as – I mean, the strength of both teams with Malakoff and Brock going to that game was up front. And both front sevens for, for both teams really stepped it up. It was a really, really fun game, back and forth affair. I remember I texted you, it was 14-10 at one point, and all three touchdowns on the board were defensive yeah. or on special teams. So that that game was just absolutely crazy. Again, one of the most exciting ones I've ever watched. And one of the clips from that game kind of went viral on social media. That final play where the ball was tipped and then the defensive line, that big defensive lineman for Brock, I can't remember his name, big number 68, and he intercepted it. He ran like 30 yards. For the big defense, for Malakoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, da- yeah. Daniel Norrell. Yeah, that's the yeah, guy. That's was, yeah, that's what it was. Daniel yeah. Norrell. Yeah, that dude, uh, great defensive lineman, you know, ton of tackles for losses. He was getting in the backfield as well. Comes up with that big play at the end. That was awesome. He was soaking up some double teams. He's just so big. Uh, yeah. so he's just a big kid, man. 6'4", well, well north of 300. Yeah, Malakoff's defense, you know, they they were the difference makers. You know, three of their touchdowns <laughs> – excuse me, rather. Uh, one of their touchdowns was on special teams where Brock was returning it, and they kind of ripped the ball out of the returner's hand and returned it the other way yeah. for a touchdown. So, Malakoff had to win using all three phases of the game, and they did all three phases exceptionally. And then the fifth and final uh, semifinal game that we covered last week, Gilmer and Glenn Rose, and – Gilmer set a new scoring record for a semifinal matchup, 79-42 winners <laughs> over Glenn Rose. And it really wasn't that close. I think it was 42-7 at the intermission. A lot of Glenn Rose's scoring in the second half was just 
window dressing, and Gilmore was able to tack on another 27 points. So, yeah, it's a dominating performance for the Buckeyes there, and Glen Rose's season comes to an end in the semifinals for the second straight yeah, year. Yeah, you know, and, hey, there's no shame in that. I know you want to get to AT&T, but uh, Coach Watkins has done a hell of a job over there, especially yes. with who they lost. And uh, Canyon Evans stepped up big time, you know, through for – I'm sure he was at 4,200 yards last week, so I'm sure he's well over 4,500 yards and uh, more than 45 touchdown passes. So uh, kudos to Coach Watkins. And, man, Gilmer, they can score a ton of points. Yeah, and they proved that when they played Carthage the week before, uh, putting up 47 points against a team that had won 29 straight games, ending that winning streak. Now they've fought their way into the state championship game. Uh, and uh, they'll have a really exciting one against Belleville. They're, in that matchup, they'll be the number one and number two scoring offenses in 4A Division II going to head-to-head, so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, but before we dive into our state championship previews, we, as always, have the Matt Step question of the week, and the question for Matt Step was, uh, uh, here we are, championship week at AT&T Stadium, with only one true Central Texas team playing for an 11-man state championship. Mark comes from behind uh, for the second week in a row to punch their ticket to state. Uh, they did it in the region finals against Lovelady, then, of course, last week against Chilton. Uh, they'll be hoping to get some guys healed up by Thursday morning. How do you see the rematch with the defending champ, Albany, uh, that put them out last year? And Matt Stepp's answer was, Albany dominated Mart in the trenches last year in the 41-21 win, and I think they still have a significant edge there, and they have, in my opinion, the best skilled player on the field in Adam Hill, who had a big game against them last year. I think Mart keeps it closer than a year ago, but I think Albany still wins by double digits. And uh, I can see that playing out as well, especially with the injuries that we saw last week. Uh, to Mart in their game against Chilton. You, you kind of hope those guys come back. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's a good answer. Again, thanks to Steph for joining us, as he does every week with the Matt Step question of the week. And we'll dive further than that one as well. But I think I think that's a realistic expectation that a lot of people have, um, you know, with Albany going back-to-back. It's a team that they dominated last year with that rushing tag from Adam Hill and Coy Lefevre. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't have Coy Lefevre this year, but Adam Hill was their leading rusher last year, and he's been dominant this year as well. I think he has like 2,600 rushing yards, uh, 40-something touchdowns. So he's going to be a load for that Mar defense to try to stop. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Monty Swainer, man, on the defensive line for uh, for Mart, it's going to be interesting to see how he, you know, uh, I really don't recall his stats from last year, but he's really – uh, showed up this year, and that's going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah, and we'll dive further into that later on in the show, but let's go ahead and jump into our state championship preview. So how this will work this week, uh, we will touch on all 12 games in in uh, this week's state championship uh, slated games. Uh, but we'll, we'll go more in-depth on three of them. We'll go more in-depth on Timpson, Toller, Mart Albany, and Franklin Malakoff. But we will uh, touch on every single game, and we will go in order here. So we will start Wednesday morning at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It'll be the 1A Division One state championship. Um, and th- this is worth mentioning here. So every other year in the state championships, they kind of flip-flop. Like one year they'll go Division Two, then Division One. Mm-hmm. Now it's on the other area where Division One will be going yeah. first. Yeah. And so it'll start 1A Division One, 14-0 Gordon, the number one defense uh, in all of six-man, giving up uh, just eight points per game going up 
up against the back-to-back 1A Division I state champions in the Westbrook Wildcats who come in to this championship game 13-1 and Westbrook back-to-back champions. Gordon is unbeaten. Again, only gives them eight points per game and, and they are the number one ranked defense in all of six-man regardless of classification while also putting up 59 points per game offensively. So a really well-rounded Gordon team and they're young. They're sophomore loaded this year so they're probably a year earlier than a lot of people you know thought they would be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, who do you who do you have in this one? I don't know who all Westbrook's got coming back, but that team that mm-hmm. I saw beat Abbott last year was phenomenal. You know, they were really yeah. athletic. Uh, I'm going to go Westbrook just because yeah. last year what I saw they were just I mean demol I mean and no no shame to Abbott mm-hmm. they just demolished Abbott. Yeah, yeah, and with, again they're the back to back state champions in one A Division one, and they're very senior heavy. All of these seniors have played. This will be their third straight year they're playing in the state championship, and I think that experience matters when you when you're playing three years in a row and you're the back-to-back champions. It's hard to pick against them, but that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to take the Gordon Longhorns to get their second state championship in program history, their first one since 1999. Give me Gordon to pull the upset in the very first game. What should be a good game? Well, Gordon, I think that's a former uh, Whitney defensive yep, coordinator. Yep, Coach Bo Johnson. Coach Bo yes, Johnson, sir. Current. He was, and he was on that 1999 state was championship yeah. team. Well, yep. he's a hell of a defensive coach. He'll get a head job here some, sometime yeah, yeah. soon. Absolutely. So we will take the fighting Bo Johnsons and the Gordon Longhorn, or I will, and you'll take uh, the back-to-back defending state champions in the Westbrook Wildcats. Uh, could absolutely seeing seeing it go either way. Again, it's hard to bet against a back-to-back champion, but that's exactly exactly what I'm going to do. I'll take Gordon and you'll take Westbrook. Now moving on to two o'clock Wednesday afternoon at AT&T Stadium, a battle of unbeatens as Oglesby making their first state championship appearance. We're taking on the defending state champions in 1A Division II in the Benjamin Mustangs. And with Oglesby, again, their first state championship appearance, Kyler Fawcett has been their top player, one of the best players in six-man, 2,800 total yards and 55 total touchdowns. Easily one of the best players in six-man this year. But on the other side, yeah. you have Grayson Rigdon, who has put up – is that right? Yeah, 97 touchdowns yeah. this season for Grayson Rigdon, <laughs> who's only a junior, by the way, and yeah. has won a state championship as a freshman at Strawn and then last year with Benjamin as a sophomore. And they're probably the clear favorites over the first-timers in Oglesby this year. Yeah, I hate to pick against a Central Texas team, mm-hmm. but I just – I think just Rigdon's too much for him. Yeah, I mean – Greg, Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's calls him the LeBron James of yeah. six-man football, and for good reason. Yeah. yeah, 97 touchdowns in a single season is ridiculous, regardless. I wonder if he'll be at Benjamin next year. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, Daddy's a higher th- gun. There's a there was some speculation prior to this season that they would have been moving again, but they stayed. They stayed with Shannon Moore's ball club and Benjamin, um, and they have really saw a chance to go back to back here again. I think they're going to be clear favorites here. Uh, which would kind of stink because I am going Wednesday, and if this game ends up like being a 45 or, or ends up because there's the 45 point mercy rule in six yeah. man, and if that were the case, and this game ends early, this is a two o'clock kickoff, right? So if that happens and the game ends at halftime at like 2:45, you'll have some time on your hands. Yeah, the 2A Division One game doesn't kick off until seven o'clock, which would be <laughs> almost five hours later, which would be fun. Can, I, you, I, can you leave and come? That's back? literally. What I was gonna say. I, I was gonna go to the security officer and say, I don't know why I haven't done it before because I've got every time I've gone to state, I've gone on Wednesday and ran into this problem. Because yeah. the first year I did it, Richland Springs played Motley County, and that game was over after the first quarter, so that game ended. 
2.45, almost 3 o'clock. So that left four hours before Refurio and Post played the yeah. 2A Division One title game that year. And I just, you know, I just walked around the stadium, kind of explored AT&T for a bit before just finding a seat and – well, if you could leave, it'd be nice to walk. That's, over, uh, walk I'm gonna over I'm gonna ask security and get a get a beverage and yeah, that's what we like. We this year we're not doing it, but usually we just skip the first game. Mm-hmm. And you could, I may have already told this story, but you can get in that. Uh, I forgot what parking lot is, and drive all the way to the back of it. And park it on the corner, walk the bridge over to Texas yeah, Live. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hang out there and watch yep. the game. And then uh, last year we so did. So they have it. it up on the big screens in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Well, last year, uh, or the last time I did it, they had a World Cup soccer game going on or oh, something. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there was like, we were like, man, that's a lot of people in here just to watch a high school football <laughs> game. And then all of a sudden they turned our game off, started watching soccer. I was like, are you we, kidding oh, me? Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's yeah. why. But there was, a, I think Abbott played second. So there's a lot of Abbott folks in yes. there that we knew. So, yeah. But yeah, that's fun to go to Texan Live if you know if you want to skip that first game and go yeah. there and get lunch. And it's probably still cheaper getting lunch there than it is at AT&T Stadium. Yeah, for sure. My favorite part of this state championship week is seeing the crowds progress get bigger with each game and you it really makes you think about it so you know especially my first year the, my first year well, I, I went the full week was 2019 and the first game was Blum and McLean and the in the one of the six man state title games I think it was division one and that the crowd of that game might have been a few thousand maybe like two or three thousand people total maybe a bit more and then by the end of the week when it's Duncanville and North Shore. I think it's the second game they played that year, and there is almost sixty thousand, or maybe yeah. just over sixty thousand people. I remember seeing a stat that year that the attendance for that game alone outnumbered maybe like ten or twelve college bowl yeah. games that year. Just to see the crowds progressively get bigger each year, that's one of my favorite things about state. I've never been on a Friday or Saturday. Really? Been a Wednesday or a Thursday. Yeah. yeah. So usually, I'm not usually too big on Saturday because at that point the crowds are super big. And I mean, I like. I mean, I'm not the biggest. I'm more of a. Sm- I'm a small school junkie, I guess yeah. you could say. I'm not the. You know, I keep up a little bit with six man, especially working with Dave Campbell's Texan Live. I had to broadcast a couple, so I just had to stay in the loop. You know, you know, keep up with teams and whatnot. But I've always been a small school junkie. So Wednesday and Thursday are my favorite days: the two A and three A games. And Friday's cool because it has the the two 4A games and then I guess the one 5A game, which this week will be Alito, Smithson Valley, so that, I don't know. I don't know how long I'll stay for that one. But again, uh, we'll both, uh, so again, we're back to the 1A Division II state title game. Battle of Unbeatens, Oglesby and Benjamin. I think we're both going to take Benjamin here pretty comfortably. Mm -hmm. Uh, But congrats to Oglesby for making their first ever ever state title game. Uh, I think Kyler Fawcett is still going to get his. I think if Oglesby even has a chance at this game, they're going to have to force a shootout and make it to where this could be the situa- a situation in this game to where whoever forces the first to- turnover might win the game. But I don't think anyone's been able to stop Grayson Rigdon ever. So, yeah, I think yeah. at the end of the, especially in six man, you go with the guy who has the best player on the field, especially when that, that one guy might be considered – before it's all said and done, the greatest six-man player of all time. So, yeah, we'll both take the Benjamin Mustangs in this one. And now to close out Wednesday night, we have the two-way Division One state championship, unbeaten Timpson at 14-1 Toller. Both teams making their first-ever state championship appearances. Uh, Timpson came off a uh, 35-21 victory over Ganado, the team that knocked off Refurio. 
uh, last week in the semifinal. And then Toller beat Strafford, again, in dominant fashion, 35-7. to uh, I think, like we were talking about before before we recorded, I think this is a very similar situation for Toller that they faced last week. So, last week they played Stratford again, which Stratford, you know, although they're an overall talented team, it's at the end of the day, it's the Bryce Braden show. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing right here for Timpson. At the end of the day, it's the Terry Bussey show. But Terry Bussey is one of the – top Texas high school football recruits in the state of Texas. Five-star recruit, recruited Texas A&M. He does it all. He's their leading rusher, passer, and leading tackler at the safety position on defense. Uh, He's kind of their do-it-all guy. One of the greatest, probably one of the greatest two-way players of all time in Terry Bussey. And I'm excited. I've never seen him play in person, so I'm going to be really excited to see that. But we'll just have to see how they handle of this Toller team, because I don't think they've faced a defense like this Toller team up to this point. No, it's like you said on six man. You know, you're going to go with the the team with the best player on the mm-hmm. field. Terry Bussey's going to be the best player on the field. Absolutely. I think, you look at a Toller defense that just storms to the ball. They create a ton of turnovers. Yep. I think as of last week, they had 87 tackles for losses on offense. They got a three headed monster in uh, Isaac Blessing, Garrett Nation, and Peyton Brown is back. Yep. And uh, you know. Hadn't got a full load yet, but I think they're for probably, this game. They were saving him <laughs> yeah. for this game, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you really hadn't needed him at all. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what made this team better is they had to produce without him. And you know, the last two years he's been their their bell cow. So, man, I just really think this is Toller's year. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I think their defense is really good. I think it really showed what they did. Uh, to Stratford and, and you know and I think region one was pretty strong in, in that area and, and the best team coming out of there Toller handled them pretty well so I'm gonna go with Toller on this one yeah I'm gonna go Toller as well and I think a big reason they we I mean yeah again Timson has the best player on the field but they had to start the season they had several good players to compliment him including his cousin running back JJ Garner who has a couple offers from Texas Tech and Oregon State but he's out for the year he's not playing this game I think he got hurt maybe just a couple weeks back or maybe early in the regular season. I'm not sure exactly when he got hurt, uh, but he will not be playing. Um, but they still have one of their top receivers in Amari Bruton. He'll be there this week. Uh, but, yeah, I think this Teller defense, again, they first forced four turnovers against Stratford last week. Again, again, a Stratford team that really was had a, done a good job taking care of the football and forcing Bryce Braden to throw four interceptions in a single game. Uh, not many defenses have done that. And with, along with that, the Toller offense, they put up 45 points per game with the guys like you mentioned, Isaac Blessing, Peyton Brown. I mean, Blessing had three touchdowns last week. Peyton Brown had 90 yards and a touchdown of his own. So I think it's the same situation that we saw last week when they played Stratford. Yeah, Toller might not have the best player on the field, but I think they're the more complete football team on the field And all said and, when it's all said and done, especially with the injuries. Uh, that Timpson has faced as the season has progressed. Uh, give me Toller in this one as well. Although, Timson, man, the defense, their offense is going to be something that probably Toller's defense hasn't faced. They put it 53 points per game. Uh, and Timson, their defense is pretty solid as well, 13 points per game. And, again, Toller only gives up 11 points per game. You know, I had this down as a toss-up before I did more research and figured out Timson's dealing with some struggles. I don't think – I don't think Terry Bussey's going to let it turn to a blowout. He's going to get his. He, they're going to score some points, even against this tough Toller defense. But I think Toller still wins pretty comfortably here, maybe a 14-point win. I could see them winning something like 42 to, 
you know, 28 or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, funny at the, at the beginning of the year, you know, I think people had Toler winning their region, yes. but you know, they had Holly, you know, and you know, yeah. Holly didn't, you know, didn't fare like people thought they did. So yeah. Good to see coach Mullins and, and the Rattlers at AT&T. Yeah. So we will both take uh, the Toler Rattlers in this. You are taking Toler, correct? Yes, sir. So we will take Toler, uh, both take Toler in the two, a division one state championship. And that will close out Wednesday, so now let's jump into Thursday, Thursday morning at 11 o'clock at AT&T Stadium. A rematch and a battle of unbeatens in the 2A Division II State Championship. 15-0 Mart against 15-0 a- uh, Albany, almost said Abilene, Albany. Uh, again, rematch of last year's game. Mart beat Chilton 38-24 last week. Albany beat a really good Sunray team. A- again, their quarterback Armando Lujan as well. Uh, limiting that explosive offense to 14 points per game. Really impressive for Albany last week. And again, they have that guy, Adam Hill, 2,500 rushing yards, 42 touchdowns. And Albany has a stifling defense. It only gives them eight points per game. But March defense is good, too. They give up nine points per game. Uh, So this game could be a little bit low scoring, despite how good these offenses are. Both defenses for each team have been just as dominant as well. Yeah, and watching that game last week, uh, Sunray and Albany, Mm -hmm. you know, I was in and out. Got over there and looked at the TV, and it showed that Sunray was winning. Yeah. And Albany was they had driving. It yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy, what the heck happened? I didn't uh, – you know, <laughs> I guess I hadn't been paying that much attention. And then I think Albany – it was late in the game, and Albany had it inside the 10. They started kneeling, and I was like, what, what is going on? And then I checked it's it. It's funny because like, – Oh, that's – yeah, yeah wrong it's, score. It's funny because I was watching the the game – I looked at the scoreboard on the feed because, like, oh, okay, so this has got to be correct because the person is there watching the game doing the scoreboard, so this has got to be right. So I kept looking at the app, and I keep seeing the same score on Albany side. I was like, they have it backwards in the app, when in reality, it was the scoreboard yeah. at, at FHS. I'm gonna, come on, NFHS, get your stuff together now. Yeah, so, man, this is going to be a good one. Uh, I think it all depends on how healthy Mart is. You yeah. Know? I think Mart yeah. – uh, both teams. I don't know if Albany is better than they were last year. You know, they're missing that other uh, coil of fever. Yeah, I think Mart is definitely better. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Albany might be on the same level, but I think Mart is probably considerably better than they were last year. Yeah, and you just hope that Medlock and JD Bell are, are healthy. healthy, and I mm-hmm. think they've got a different difference maker on defense and Monty Swainer because the dude's a, a monster, and I think that's going to be the key. Can him and his buddies down on the defensive line stop the run, stop mm-hmm. Adam Hill? Because last year they could not. Do nope. It. I mean, couldn't. and then. Once uh, you thought they were stopping the run, uh, Albany would pop up and throw a pass for a big gain. And I think last year I really thought Mart should have thrown the ball more in the first mm-hmm. half because when they did, they made yards. But I think they were just trying to impose their will with that running game, and it just never got going for them. So that's going to be, you know, I think I, I echo what uh, Step said. It's it's going what happens on the, the front, you know, on the lines there. And uh, you know, he, he thinks Albany's uh, stronger on on the lines, and he maybe maybe right. But uh, I just really want to see what Monty Swainer can do mm-hmm. against that uh, d- that offensive line of Albany's in that run game. So, uh, yeah, I'd really like to know how healthy these dudes are because, uh, yeah. you know, I've, I saw J.D. Bell get helped off the field. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he came back in, I believe. So, I'm going to go Homer. I'm going with Coach Hoffman and, and the Mark Panthers. Yeah. Um, man, I want to, but <laughs> with, just with the – Again, it all depends on how healthy J.D. Bell and DeMontro Medlock are. But – and you got to think with Mart. They have revenge on their mind. You know, they're not going to come into this game with the same mentality they had last year. Because I think a lot of people had Mart winning 
Maybe not comfortably, but a lot yeah, of people had, had Mark, Mark, yeah. yeah, Mark favored winning last Didn't year. Didn't think it was going to be a game. No. And then Albany came out and punched him in the mouth, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, crap!" But now with that, Mark, they were return a lot of key players. Like they graduated their quarterback, can't remember his name. Uh, that Brandon Lundy, that really good receiver yeah. they had. Um, Jonah Ross, Jonah Ross, that was, that was the quarterback. That was quarterback. Yeah. Jonah Ross and his younger brother Abram still in there as the center and the middle linebacker as well. So I think Mark, with they they know what to expect in this one. And um, but they know what to expect with Adam Hill, and I think this coaching staff is good enough to make the adjustments needed and prepare for this game, you know, better than they did last year. Because again, everyone thought they were going to win, but now they know what to expect with this Albany team. But again, what they did to Sunray last week—that Sunray offense was scoring over sixty points per game, and they had the state's leading passer in Ar- Armando Lujan. Yeah. Sunray did, and. Albany's defense held them to just 14 points. And again, Mart, in their last two games, they've been down at half both games. Now they fought back there, and that yeah. might be a good thing. I think you, it is a good thing. Because when you look at last year, they pretty much ran through the first five yeah. rounds, and they weren't really tested. And they that means they probably didn't know how to respond when they got punched in the mouth against Albany last year. Now they know how to respond to that. So that could help them. But again... For me, I might just be going chalk here. The defending champs. They, again, on the other side, Albany knows how to beat Mart because mm-hmm. Albany's not going to be the faster team. They they might not even be the bigger team, but they're going to be really soundly coached with Denny Faith. He's been there a long time, and there's a reason Denny Faith didn't retire for after winning last year's state championship. He he knew he had a core group of players that could go back to back and win it again. So I'm going to take Albany in this one. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But, uh, yeah, I'll take Albany, and you will take Mart. And, again, that game will kick off the state championships Thursday morning at 11. Now moving on to Thursday at 3 o'clock in the 3A Division One state championship. This is, this is my favorite game of the week. It's going to be a good one. 14-1 Franklin against unbeaten Malakoff. Uh, again, Franklin has a great core of players, including Jaden Jackson, uh, Devin Hedrago, the Wyoming commit. He's had a, a great season all year long, and probably, probably one of the better passers they've had. <coughs> excuse me, in a long time. And Court Lowry, he's passed for fifteen hundred yards I know this he's year. He's a damn good baseball player. Yeah, yeah he's, he can, and he kicks for him. Last year, he kicked the, uh, mm-hmm. the game winning yes, field goal. Yes, he did. Goal, so he he, he he's still the kicker. All. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. So, and then Malakoff, explosive offense, fifty-two points per game. But that 31 points they gave to Brock last week was, you know, not by far, but it was the most they've given up all season long. Yeah. They gave up 21 to uh, to Grandview earlier in the season. I think they gave up maybe 24 or 28 or something in, uh, earlier in the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, that that was a back-and-forth affair between Brock last week. It was a great game. Mike Jones and Doc Renberg, like you said, had big games. And stop, uh, sophomore star running back Jerrion Hall, he did get hurt early on in the game, but they did they would they brought him back. Uh, they I was sitting on the Malakoff side, so they were checking on him pretty much right in front of me. Um, and he came back in the game, but he was kind of on a limited snap count after that. They didn't kind of run the ball as much as they probably planned to going into that game. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. How healthy? is Jerry and Hall, because, again, they don't have Tennyson. He was hurt earlier in the season. But he's a junior, though. They're going to be back. Yeah. Next year, that that backfield <laughs> with Tennyson and Jerry and Hall is, might be among one of the best in Class yeah, 3A. That's be good. Um, but, again, their defense has been just as good as well, allowing 10 points per game. Uh, Franklin has had a tendency to give us some points this year, but I think their defense has gotten better with each and every playoff game. And holding that Edna offense to 14 last week was, uh, again, I think – 
proof of that. Uh, they've had a phenomenal playoff run. Both teams have had. Um, what do you see in this one? Well, I think the key is, you know, watching last week, you know, a lot of Malakoff players play both ways. You know, Mike yes. Jones is in the secondary, Doc Renberg, uh, Chauncey Hogg, I believe, plays a little yes. bit. Yes. So, how tired are they going to be going up against that Franklin offense, just that grind, grinded out type offense? Of course, they've got big play potential with uh, Jaden Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, can they exploit that uh, Franklin defense kind of like that? You know, or – are they going to get those uh, defensive scores mm-hmm. and special team scores like that against Brock? Yeah. You can't count on those in these type of games. Especially with that, all- o- that offense and Franklin, they're very sat- they don't they don't turn over the ball very no. much. That that and that offense that they run is designed to not do that. And they, you know, they don't throw very much, so you're not going to get many interceptions. But you in that. Defense go in defense going against that type of offense. You'll have to try to force fumbles, and that's getting in the backfield and ripping the ball out. But not many teams have been able to do that against Franklin this year. Yeah. Well, you, you know, another thing on the defensive side, you've got to play assignment football. Yes, you know, you've got. You know, I've I've heard of teams uh, and you know playing those flex bone or, or whatever mm-hmm. the, uh, whatever those offenses are called. Like yeah. they'll play a scout team offense without the football, and they just yeah. follow guys. You know, this is your guy. You go where he goes. Type of deal. And, uh, you know, and I'm interested on how those two big defensive linemen can hold up against that running attack, uh, mm-hmm. Norrell and Renberg. I think they can score some points. Uh, you know, I think they've got too much talent on offense not to score points. And I think uh, Franklin's going to score some points. So, I'm yeah. just really kind of torn. I'm going with the hot I mean, hand. I think Malakoff's got some quality yep. wins underneath their belt. And so does Franklin, you know, knocking off uh, uh, Lorena uh, a couple of weeks ago after that, Lorena beat him in the regular season. Yep. But I, I said last week I wouldn't pick against Malakoff again. I'm not, and mm-hmm. I got Malakoff and Coach Driscoll. I've I've Malakoff. I think they're as due, well. and I think you said it perfectly. Being torn about it, this is the one game of all the 12 games of the state championship where I truly do not have a read on. I could see it going Franklin winning by 42, Malakoff winning by 42. I could see it being a double overtime thriller. I could see it, you know, being a defensive slugfest. I could be see it being a shootout. I have no clue how this game is going to go. Um, but again, I'm going to take Malakoff in this one as well. But that's a good point you brought up earlier with a lot of two-way players uh, on Malakoff's side. Now, Franklin, they're going to have some as well. Uh, but Malakoff, I think – I don't think they could be any tired than they were against no. Brock. I mean, those dudes <laughs> – Both teams were pretty yeah, worn Mike out. Mike Jones is covering one. dudes 50 but yards yeah. down the field and turns around and starts playing quarterback. So, mm-hmm. I, they're used to it at this stage of the game. Yeah. If they're relatively healthy, I think they'll be fine. Uh the court, yeah, like you said, the, the running back, uh, Jaron Hall, hopefully he's he's back to one. If, he, if, if he's a go, like full speed, he's going to be a lot to handle. I, there really hasn't been – when he was starting the game against Brock, before he got, like, hurt, he was getting, like, six, seven yards of carry. You know, the, even Brock's elite front seven was having trouble stopping him before he got hurt. But, yeah, if Jarian Hall is a full go, that sophomore, he's not very big, but, boy – he is fast. He's one cut. He he finds a hole. He's gonna you know rocket his way through it. But yeah, I'll take uh, Malakoff in this one as well. We'll both take Malakoff in the three division one state championship. And now we'll move on to the three division two championship, which will close out uh, Thursday. Uh, it'll be seven o'clock kickoff at AT and T Stadium. Um, yeah, both teams are unbeaten, and this is the number one scoring offense in three division two against the number one scoring defense in three division two. Now there's that old adage, defense wins championships. Tidehaven has given up 83 points 
in 14 or 15 games for an average of just under six points per game. And now, but Gunner, I don't think they face an offense like Gunner yet. No. Gunner's not very big, and they're really not extremely fast. But Jake Fazell, that's that gun, pro gun, triple option style offense that they run. He's been there for a long time, and he's been able to implement that offense, and they got a whole system. So it's kind of like a plug-and-play thing, kind of similar to what Franklin does with their offense. You can Everyone is so technically sound in their blocking schemes and just reading, reading the running lanes and stuff. They can kind of plug in anyone in there and probably do just fine. And they have probably one of the toughest guys in, in the state of Texas in Walker Overman. Not very big, 5'6", maybe 140 soaking wet. Two things. Okay, one is I love how they use him. Yes. He gets the ball, and he, he'll squat down and try to hide. <laughs> and before the plate. Of, and yeah. number two is him squatting before he gets a snap. You can't is that see not, him. Is that not a false start, though? Like, if he's he, – because if you look, like, he squats well, – before the ball – like, when he does a snap count, he squats down. It, it, well, to me, I was like, how – I mean, I, my, maybe the same thing know. as him clapping his hands. But yeah, uh, I, I think – I mean, I don't know because it – it is under center. They do run a lot of their stuff under center. Or when no, he, when well, he's not, in the gun, he'll yeah. he'll squat down yeah. real quick. Because so he's I, only like three, the ball he's, he's only like three yards behind the yeah, center. He's five foot six. You know, I think the only thing is if he were to like go forward yeah, or something, okay. and it could be something to where he's not, you know, he's not on the line of scrimmage well, yeah, per se. And it may be no difference in the quarterback clapping yeah. their hands or, or just like squatting or down yeah. like in the yeah. shotgun or something. But you, yeah. yeah, I mean that dude's. A, I mean just. You know, I bet that guy has heard that he's not big enough all through his years oh, yeah. playing football. Mm-hmm. And uh, kudos to that dude because he yeah. didn't let his size stop him. He's a hell of a football player. Mm-hmm. I'll be surprised if, if Gunner doesn't win by four scores. If if Tidehaven would win this one, I think it'd be the biggest upset of the entire week uh, by far. Ever in a state? Yeah, team. ever. Yeah, there's a strong case for that. But Tidehaven, again, they have a really great team. Again, only giving up just under six points per game. And their running back, Joseph Dodds, Baylor commit, he's had a phenomenal year as well. Almost 2,000 yards rushing, uh, I think almost 30 touchdowns. They didn't have his full numbers up on max preps. But he's been the bell cow for that Tidehaven offense. But, again, their defense has been phenomenal. But Gunner's defense is phenomenal as well. They, only, they gave up a touchdown to Canadian. On the opening drive, Canadian went down the field and scored on a big passing play mm-hmm. to make it 7-0. And then Gunner, from that point on, outscored him 38-10. to It was never close after that. And, again, we kind of say that every year with the three Division II playoffs. Gunner-Canadian, that's typically the, you know, quote-unquote state championship game. You know, like whoever wins that on that west side of the bracket typically ends up being the one that wins in the state championship yeah. game. Um, but again, Tidehaven, that, it was an impressive performance they had against Dangerfield last week, holding them to 14 as well. But again, I think seen, Gunner's just a totally too much animal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. They I, knocked off Brock earlier in the year. And yeah. And, and just, 35 to 12 yeah, as well. Yeah. too good. Yeah. I think, I think, and this has a chance, especially if they win considerably in this one. Could this be, out of all the great Gunner teams, could this be the best one ever, oh, yeah, ever fielded? I think yeah. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely. So. Uh, we will both take Gunner in this one to win the 3A Division II state championship. Now we will move on to Friday. Kicking off Friday morning at AT&T Stadium will be the 4A Division I state championship between 14-1 and Anna and 13-2 and Tyler Chapel Hill. I think, again, you look at the playoff paths for both teams here, 
Anna might have the most impressive playoff run in all state of Texas. Look at their run here. Okay, they got a shutout win against Wilmer Hutchins in the first round by district. Then they went on to beat China Spring, a previously unbeaten Frisco Panther Creek team, Stephenville, and then Decatur. So an unbelievable run for Anna here through their playoff run. And Chapel Hill, for their story, they have finally broke through that semifinal glass ceiling. They made it to the semifinal the last two years, and they had just came right there but could not break through to the state championship game. They finally do that this year. They have an unbelievable offense led by Demetrius Brisbane. Um, I think, you know, they said on Dave Campbell's that this is probably the best quarterback matchup of all the matchups in the state championships this week. Um, I think they have a a solid case for that. The sophomore for Anna. I can't remember his name. His name starts with a K, but I'm drawing a blank on it. But they both had phenomenal years. Um, I think, again, I think Anna, off the strength of their impressive playoff run, the teams they've beaten, China Spring, that's the back-to-back defending state champions that they knocked off in the second round, beating a really good Stephenville team from that same district that won the state title game uh, just a few years ago as well. And, uh, in, uh, yeah, in 4A Division One. Um, who do you have in this one? Well, I'm, I think I'm going to go Anna. But, you uh-huh. know, hat, hats off to Coach Reardon at, at uh, Chapel Hill. You yeah, know, he came up from Crosby four or five years ago, mm-hmm. had those dudes rolling, getting into, you know, four or five rounds, three or four or five rounds deep every yep. year. Uh, I think, what, two or three years ago, all these kids were freshmen. Like, yep. They had freshman the, skill kids. Brisbane, were, yeah. and then they had a running back as well. That's yeah, really good. Yeah, and they, you know, they made it a few games in. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just like Anna's resume as mm-hmm. far as the playoff win, so I'm, I'm going to go with Anna. I'm going to go Anna. I'm going to take the Coyotes in this one as well. Now moving on to 3 o'clock Friday, the be the 4A Division II state championship. Unbeaten Belleville taking on Gilmer 12-3. and And we talked about probably the most impressive playoff run in the entire, in the entire state. How about the most impressive playoff win or in the state in the playoffs for Gilmer when they beat uh, Carthage 47-44, that, which ended a 29-game winning streak for Carthage, um, which at the time was the longest in the state of Texas. Um, and they they did so in the in the fourth round again, 47-44. But Belleville, man, they've been running over people all season long. Yeah, and they came – you know, I don't know that their region is any tougher than mm-hmm. what uh, Gilmer came out of because mm-hmm. they did have Carthage in that region. Yeah. But, man, that region that, Gilmer, that uh, Belleville came out of, a bunch of studs. Yeah. And, and, I mean, listen to Belleville's playoff run. First round, West Orange Stark. Area around Madisonville, then Silsby, Jasper, and then Wimberley, yeah. the team that has made back-to-back state championship appearances. <laughs> we talked about Anna's Bellevilles might be just as yeah. impressive. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Brahmas on that. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to take the Brahmas very heavily here. Again, this is going to be an exciting game. The coolest part for this game, this is the uh, the number one and number two scoring offenses in Class 4 Division Two. Both teams average 59 points per game. Like one of them is like .6, others .2, whatever. They both scored 59 points per game. But they could not run schematically two, you know, more opposite defenses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Belleville with the slot T, then Gilmer kind of the throw it out lightning spread sort mm-hmm. of offense. So this will be, as far as matchups go, this might be the most exciting and, you know, and the most intriguing game just simply because of how different, you know, schematically that these offenses are. But, yeah, I'm going to take Belleville in this one as well to win the 4A Division II state championship, which I believe would be their first 
uh, in program history. So uh, congrats to both teams for making it this far, but we'll both take Belleville, uh, the Brahmas, to win this one. And then to close out Friday night, the final Friday night in the 2023 Texas high school football season, in the 5A Division I state championship, we got 14-1 Smithson Valley against 15-0 Alito. Uh, Coach Larry Hill over Smithson Valley has been there since 1993. He's now leading them to their second state title game appearance in his tenure. Uh, but congratulations, Larry Hill, for taking your team this far. But, uh, you know, you're running into Alito, and that's kind of a tall task. I think it's just silly, you know, picking against Alito in a yeah. state championship game. They, they've been there so many times, won it so many times. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'll go with the Bearcats. Yeah, me too. And, I guess – Again, the strength of their offense led by TCU commit Haas Haney. Um, yeah, and then a win for Lido here would give them their 12th <laughs> state championship, which is absolutely bananas. Just 12 of them. That's so that will close out Friday night at AT&T Stadium. So now we move on to Saturday. Kickoff at 11 a.m. Saturday morning at AT&T Stadium, 14-1 Port Natchez Groves against 13-2 South Oak Cliff. A rematch of the 5A Division II state championship last year. Uh, which saw South Oak Cliff uh, winning and going back-to-back 34-24 winners over Port Natchez Groves last year. Now, this game is a little bit intriguing as well. Simply, when you look at South Oak Cliff, obviously they're talented, mm-hmm. but the past couple years they've had like 15 to 20 you know FBS recruits yeah. on their teams. Not the case this year. So I think the coaching job that Jason Todd has and his staff have done this year, you know, despite they're not, you know, not having as many, you know, quote, D1 talents or recruits or whatever. They've done a phenomenal job. Um, Port Natchez Groves, credit to them as well for coming back uh, for the second straight year. They've had a phenomenal season as well. Kenny, I think I'm going to make this call as my upset pick of the week. I think Port Natchez Groves gets revenge this week and knocks off the defending back-to-back state champions in South Oak Cliff here. Man, I really think South Oak Cliff, they, they three-peat. If you look at their resume in the playoffs, you know, beating mm-hmm. Melissa, Midlothian yep. Heritage, lo- smoked Lovejoy 42 to nothing. Yep. Uh, a, a really great up-and-coming Frisco Emerson team. I just don't know how you pick against these guys, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going with the uh, the Golden Bears. I like it. So we'll split here. My upset call of the week, I'll take Portnetch's Groves to get revenge, and Kenny will take – uh, South Oak Cliff to get a three-peat. And now moving on to Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, North Shore, North Shore and Duncanville for the 1,800th time in the 6A Division One state championship. Uh, North Shore again, both, team, or both teams rather, have been a staple in Texas high school football for a long time and have had a phenomenal season, especially offensively with their three-year starter quarterback in Caleb Bailey. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Duncanville has had a phenomenal year as well. Aside, aside from their put aside their district loss to DeSoto when they lost forty nine thirty five earlier in the season. You take that game out of the equation, they've probably been the most dominant team in Class Six A. And again, they won this game last year. But last year, North Shore didn't have Caleb Bailey. They had the senior receiver David Amador uh, take the reins at quarterback in this one. This will be interesting to see because I think this is the first game since maybe probably since the first one where both teams have been fully healthy. Yeah, and which has not always been the case ever, ever since they played the first time in 2018 with that crazy uh, hail mary finish. Um, I'm torn on this one. These guys go back and forth. I mean, North Shore did win the first three, and Duncanville won last year. 
I'm going to take Duncanville in this one. I, it's kind of a toss-up for me, but I'm going to take Dville. Who do you got? Yeah, I got Duncanville. I just think that, uh, you know, they've got so much talent on that team, and so does uh, North Shore. Oh, yeah, but, no uh, doubt. Yeah, I'm just going to go Duncanville. Yeah, I'm going to take Duncanville as well. And to close out the 2023 Texas high school football season, we have the 6A Division II state championship. 14-1 and one, Umble Summer Creek against unbeaten DeSoto. And congrats to Summer Creek, man. They were the first Umble ISD school to make a state championship in football. So congratulations to Summer Creek. And they're not an old program either. I think they started maybe – I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, something like that. So, congrats to the Bulldogs. Um, again, first humble ISD team to make a state championship. Um, and DeSoto, man, they've been easily the, one of the top teams in Class 6A all year long. I, I know they were the number one team for quite a while. Uh, and they did not have their first one-score game of the season until last year – or last week, rather, uh, when they played South – or. South Lake Carroll, yes, 45-38 at Allen. Um, yeah, it's been – and they've already beaten the potential D1 6A state, championship, state champion in Duncanville and by two scores as well. And they have incredible offense, guys like DJ Bailey and Tiger running back Tiger Ryden. I think I'm going to take DeSoto to go back-to-back here. Yeah, I, you know, I watched that DeSoto-South uh, Lake game last week. Really good game. Just South Lake really couldn't get much going. Uh, DeSoto is just so strong on both sides of the ball, so I'm going to go DeSoto. Yeah, so we will both take DeSoto in this one, and that will round it out as the 2023 Texas high school football season comes to a close starting Wednesday morning at AT AT&T Stadium, running through Saturday night, the best week of the year in my eyes. Really, really excited this one. Excited to be out there at AT AT&T Stadium this week. We hope to see some of you guys out there. Again, Kenny will be out there Thursday. I'll be out there Wednesday through Friday. Uh, Really, really excited for this week. Uh, Any parting words, Kenny, before we say goodbye to the fine folks that listen to our show? Uh, No, just go out and uh, watch some uh, football, eat some good food, and uh, Mm -hmm. have some good fellowship. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really fun week of the year, my favorite week of the year, hands down. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's show on the Texas High School Football State Championship preview in the 2023 season. One thanks to Matt Stepp, as always, for the question of the week. And again, this will not be our final show of the season. We will have a season recap uh, either next week or the re- week after, probably next week. Uh, we'll have the tw- 2023 season recap here for you right here on the Central Texas Football Podcast. And then we'll give you more info of what our plans are for the spring. Uh, we'll definitely have a realignment show. Me and Kenny have been talking about throwing uh, some baseball shows as well. So keep an eye out for that potentially happening as well. And again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the state championship preview of the Central Texas Football Podcast. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox. And enjoy the state championship games of the Texas high school football season at AT&T Stadium. Rebed in a crash on a number four. Two witnesses blowing up high. Not sure whose will be done. You can call me a sinner for wondering why. Head darn sleeping on the black top.